This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. How you doing, Jason Glick? Oh, I'm doing good, John. How about you? Oh, not too bad. What do you have for us today? Okay, well, I've got what is... Um, I'm talking about a, a massive, massive run in comics in recent history. Because, you know, it's rare, you know, that a series, that a creator's run lasts over 50 issues these these days. But I'm talking about a run that's been running... That writers run has been running for on a particular title since 2006 or 2000, yeah, thereabouts since the mid mid aughts, roughly. Because I'm talking about um, Peter David and X Factor. Yeah. Now, now, John, you know him from his his work on on Star Trek, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, because um, David has been been around the block and back on lots of stuff for Marvel, DC over the years, and he's got lots of signature works. I mean, like. Like that, he said his start, his star, his Star Trek work. He's also um, wrote a definitive run on Incre- Incredible Hulk. Wrote um, DC's um, Supergirl for years, but he's also um, probably best known at Marvel. But you know, in addition to Hulk, for for um, writing a, a key run on on the X Factor back in the mid '90s. Now, his run on X Factor was significant back then because it was a lot more character driven and idiosyncratic than than a lot of X X titles were at the time. I mean. Well, a lot of the um, X-Men books at the time were very superhero-oriented, superhero-driven at the time. I mean, in the sense that, you know, we were fighting, like, the, the, bad, like the bad guy of the week and, what, and whatnot. Um, David's work was a lot more, you know, character-driven and fi- figuring out just, you know, like, quirky stuff. You know, was, like, his first, like his first um, issue on x had no major fights. Um, it was just, you know, the characters, you know, just coming together, getting a sense of their personalities, and just figuring out where, where to go from from there, like there wasn't a supervillain at all to be like to be found in in there, and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but um, even though like his run on X Factor is fondly remembered, it um, it was only collected in four volumes for the um, X Factor Visionaries, because he only because he only lasted about like say twenty odd issues in this in this run. But everyone remembered it, and they especially remember the um, um, the um, examinations issue. Where the entire t- entire team um, got um, got si- got um, psychologically examined by um, by Doc Sampson, we find out just what made them tick, you know how, let's say what what was um what was holding them back and whatnot. This 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 issue is ex- is especially remembered for the fact that you know it finally um, explained why Quicksilver was such a dick um, in the Marvel universe because because he was a speedster and he had super speed and could you own. Know, like um, run across the world and back in 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 seconds flat, but at the same time though, you know, he was like living at super speed, but everyone else was just you know, you know, working at just you know normal speeds. So so Quicksilver basically says, hey, you know, have you ever been stuck behind a guy at an eighteen who doesn't know how to work it, or the person who doesn't understand at Burger King? You know, what what do they mean by like, you know Whopper no pickles? Like, and so that is his life. He is constantly living in a in a world where people um, live at um, at um, that's like in at in annoyances, live in annoyances, and uh, he has to deal with that. So it was so. I mean that that was one issue that that everyone everyone remembers aside like aside from a run that was um that was uh, that was generally remembered for being like really character driven for the most part. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And then years later, because you know Marvel realizes that hey, you know. Not only do we like Peter David, we also remember his run from the from X Factor in the mid '90s. Why don't we give him another shot at X Factor? So, it started off with um, 
the Madrox miniseries. Now, Jimmy, Jimmy Madrox, um, he he is the the multiple man. Like he's able to generate um, um, duplicates of himself through like through kinetic impact. So, like say he ever he just punches his hand against something, he'll be able to generate a duplicate of himself to do stuff. Now, Peter David hit on the genius idea in the Madrox series, um, subtitled Multiple Choice, where um, you know. Like Madrox has figured out, hey, he, he's Madrox is a guy who can do anything in life. If he, like, say, he wants to um go out, he doesn't have to like decide whether or not to go out on Sunday Sunday night. He can just like send out a guy, a dupe of himself, to go out and have have a good time, then come back and he can absorb the memories and whatnot. So, so the the key the key for this series is that that Madrox has been sending out dupes for years to um to learn about his just do stuff that he wanted. You want to do like you know, say he wanted to learn about inner peace, send a dupe over to Tibet. Say he wanted to learn Russian, send a dupe over to, to Russia. Say he wanted to um like have a have a dupe learn about escape artistry, send a dupe like to learn like to learn that. And um at the same time though, this also to a really interesting development with this character in the sense that the, the dupes like accumulated a lot of um personality in other in and of themselves, like to the point where like you know all of the like every dupe that he got that he made would be um wouldn't be like entirely reliable as a uh, exact duplicate of himself. They would rep- represent a person, a fig, a, 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 a part of his personality. Like there'd be like the the dupe who was like you know Fight Club who wanted to like you know solve everything through punching, or the other one who wanted to um, solve things through um, rationalized discourse and whatnot, or you know the gay dupe and what and and there you go, or the Hef dupe who was basically like Hugh Hefner um, given given like you know like physical libidinous form. Now, uh, Madrox multiple choice was a was a lot of fun, and it it also had the, the um, sad distinction of selling fuck all at the time when um, when X Men miniseries had basically kind of like um, run their course as far as like you know sales generators, but everyone loved it, and so um, Marvel decided, hey, you know what? Like, if, some, if if people like even like hesitantly like something, we're gonna go ahead and like do a series based off it. So here we have Peter David's X Factor, and it lasted for. 112 issues. Yes, that is a fucking metric ton of stuff, and it's not even done yet. Well, it technically is done, but he's not even over yet, because now because now that the um, current incarnation of X-Factor is over, David is, is, back, is a back on board for the relaunch of X-Factor. As all new X-Factor, as Marvel, as Marvel likes to name their things. But, here, I haven't read any of that yet. I'm here to talk about the actual X Factor, which is basically um, Madrox running a detective agency in the Marvel Universe. 112 issues of it. Generally, it's pretty good for the most part. Others, it's there are some bad parts, but overall, it's like I bought um, all 21 volumes of it, and yeah, there's I have issues with it. There are 21 volumes of this series to collect in the first place, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, so, so I'm not going to go you know volume by volume because that would be fucking ridiculous. But I just want to talk about the um, like just the good stuff and the bad stuff about it because you know chief one of the good stuff is the fact that you know hey that Jimmy Madrox is a great character to um you know like front a uh, a detective agency in the Marvel universe in the sense that you know he's basically like um, acting as a de facto leader for the for the crew of X Force who's made up of. Say, uh, of Layla Miller, Wolfsbane, Strong Guy, uh, Monet, um, um, Richter, Shatterstar, Siren, and Longshot, at various points in the uh, in the series, 
and um, you know, he's not he's not really a guy who can who is like you know a um, leadership material. I mean, he's just like the the joke, like even in this base persona, he's kind of like the, the jokester, the kind of guy who will like you know try to duck responsibility. And he only like you know started being a uh, like a heading in detective agency because he thought it was cool and noir and whatnot. But you know he but you know he's like the but you know he's um but because of that he found himself thrust thrust into a leadership role and he's having he's forced to deal with it. And it's fun to see him manage this and also try and manage the um various um the various fractious personas of X Factor over the course course of the series. And also um the various um dupes that he comes up with um that, that David um delivers upon us are actually generally pretty fun pretty fun to observe it as well over the cor- over the course of the series. In fact, you know, he could have um given us like more you know, instances where like the do du- where we get like, you know, more dupes um with their own distinctum personalities that uh, I-, I wouldn't have minded, but you know, hey, it's cool as it is. Anyway, um second second to um Madrox um in the cast is Layla Miller. Now Layla was introduced as kind of a um, walking plot device in um the House of M miniseries in that she was able to like, you know, allow everyone to um remember their um their memories in this alternate universe. Now, no one knew what to do with her afterwards, and even though she had been hyped as this great, fantastic character that everyone was going to love. Then, um, but apparently, but David had a good idea of what to do with her, and um, she showed up like early on, like um, early on in this in, in his run, and um, basically as someone as a girl who knew stuff. That's her gimmick, Layla Gil- Layla Miller. Um, she knows stuff. And um, she she knew enough to um, electrocute a guy from Singularity Investigations, or like early on, and also had to nudge X Factor into their own into like their their plot appropriate situations to the point where like you know she like there would be um like really um curious um instances where she would tell them oh go to this um it's like go to this deli and and um and I pick up my order here and and also go into this sewer because we're this is what's going to happen here and um. And it was just like you were just kind of wondering, you know, what what does this have to do with the main plot? And then it was like, oh, so that's what it is. She was clever, and um, she appeared as a girl for most for the first quarter of his of the run, until she um got sucked into the um Messiah complex co- crossover and wound up in an alternate future. She aged five years, then came back to, pick, to drag Madrox into the into this alternate future as well. So it's so yeah, it's crazy time travel paradox stuff, and um. But and even though like her um, exhortations to Madrox early on that you know hey like you know even though I'm 13 like um, we're going to be married later on it actually makes sense um, the more things go on like you know once she shows up um, like properly aged um, from her time travel and um, she and she actually manages the neat trick of actually getting Madrox to make an actual decision as himself and um, you know just instead of having one of his dupes go through it. So that was, you know, so that, that's really cool as well. Seeing their relationship, like, um, develop over the course, course of the series is, is definitely one of its strongest points, but the rest of the cast is also, um, really strong as well. I mean, um, like, um, Wolf Spain, Ron Sinclair, Rain Sinclair, and her, it's like, and her, and her, um, troubles over the course, course of the series provide a lot of great drama. Um, strong guy or, um, Guido Caracella, um, he, 
So like, he's essentially like comic relief or like you know the big dumb, big dumb um, galoot for most of the most of the run. But then eventually he uh, loses his soul. No kidding. Um, as it's like, and then finds himself um, in a very unlikely um, position later in the run that um, I'm sure is going to be reversed at some point by, by Marvel um, editorial because you can't have a guy being the ruler of hell um, for that for, the, for that long. Um, Monet or um, M. Like who she was just um started off in Generation X and um and David continues her um like she's like she has super super strength, flight, to um tele- um close range telepathy. And she's um she's basically like kinda of like a lot of the um the, the uh the straight person for a lot of the uh, for a lot of the jokes. Since she's like she's really arrogant and um ha- has and has her own like you know, like strong strong will take 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 on things. But um it's like, but but even but even then it's like um David manages to give her like a uh, manages to make um, her like her abrasive personality work in the context with all the like her, her superiority complex work within the context of all the um other X Factor personalities. Especially with her um, with the relationship she develops with Guido, like over like um later in the run, which it looks like it's going to go one way but it winds up going in something someplace far different. Then you've got um then you've got Richter, who is the um as soon as starts out, he's he used to have um like earth like um earthquake powers, but then he lost them um, when Scarlet Witch said no more mutants. So he, for a lot of the series run, he was telling the, the, the token um no, like um mutant um former mutant or like um turned normal guy. And it was fun seeing him try to um like try to hang tough with the with the crew and actually managed managed to pull that off more, more often than not in the sense that he actually had um like computer skills that people could actually use. In the course of the series, but really his most interesting role was as lover to um, Shatterstar, who was a um, Rob Liefeld character that Peter David brought back in and um, made made into Richter's boyfriend. I mean, it was I mean, even like this, I mean, like their relationship was actually a lot of fun. Very surprising from the from the start because it's something that that was apparently like planned for um, like for back in the mid '90s, but you know, like a gay relationship wouldn't have flown back then. But um, David, um, he's he's very friendly to that, like like to that community, and so he basically um like pulled the trigger on it, and it, and it actually worked out really well for the most part. Seeing them trying to work through their issues is a lot. It's like is that it's, it's a lot of fun and really interesting to see how they like how they react react to each other. Then you've also got like you know a siren, the daughter of daughter of Banshee, and um she goes through some interesting lot of interesting series from like living in denial over her father's death. To the um, child she conceives conceives with Madrox, it's like and eventually um, turning into a literal banshee, for lack of a better term. So, like, really interesting character, like, um, journey there. And it, and I liked how she, like, how um, eventually, like, how even like her, like, transition to actual banshee plays a real role in the um, series climax. Then you've got Longshot, who's um, got his luck, whose luck dependent powers are, you know, generally pretty, pretty fun for the most part. Even though he doesn't, he doesn't have a, like a specific character arc. It's still fun to see. Like, um, David finds a lot of fun fun stuff to do with him over the course of the series. We've also got um, Darwin, the evolving mutant, who who's created by Ed Brubaker for the uh, let's see for the um, X Men Deadly Genesis miniseries, and um, David um, went up, I'm adopting him for for X Factor, and I and he also and um, even though it's like you know 
you have to play fast. He plays fast and loose with the whole evolving mutant powers. It's like it's he actually winds up finding a nice like a nice role for the character over the series. And you also got you know Pip the Troll who comes in like in the latter half of the series run as kind of X Factor's receptionist. And there's also a great a great single issue that shows you how he's how he's like you know so, like um like man of the earth um vibe. You know keeps the, keeps the team out of trouble more often than not. So really like um it's a uh, X Factor is a is a great character driven series and it's got lots of great characters that will keep you like involved in the series even if sometimes the stories aren't quite up to, up to snuff but still they had some pretty pretty good stories over the course of the run such as um to look at my notes look at my notes here you've got um like um sirens on um, birth and when when um madrock one of madrock's dupes knocks her up uh, her and monet actually but um, monet managed to um like avoid that fate um it's like she um even though they're both prepared to um like you know become become new parents to this to this kid, that doesn't happen. In fact, what actually happens because um one of Madrox's dupes is, is the father, it's actually really creepy and um really traumatic. I mean, it's it's one of the hi- one of the dramatic high points of the series, and it's like oh god, man, that was incredibly nasty. Then you also got the um um rain. Um, when she comes back to the team after I'm um, leaving to um, join X X Force, more on that in a bit. Um, like she, essentially, like she, like she reigns like the religious type of. But David's um, clever enough to play her, um, or no, smart enough to play her as like her her religion is not being like you know the defining trait in her personality. It's just part of it. But she, you know, when she shows up pregnant, she she. Initially says that you know okay it's Richter's baby because you know she doesn't want to have to worry about him going to hell because he's gay, so so she tries that at first but then you know it's not actually his kid it's actually the um one of the um one of the Norse wolf gar- wolf gods um Hermhari and um that and when she actually does give birth to it she's um the kid winds up killing like the person like the person who's um who was nearby one of the Greek gods Ag- Agamemnon. And um, Rain is like completely horrified by it, so she has to do with the fact that she rejected her kid um, right off the bat. And and we also find out the um, like the consequences of that. It's like in the uh, Hell on Earth War, um, when um, we find out that you know that because um, her son Tier was the uh, seventh billionth person born on Earth, um, all the Hell Lords, including um, Mephisto, Hela, Pluto, and um, Satanish. Couple of the other, like, you know, Marvel um, hell gods, they figure they find out that hey, if we can kill this person, it's like we're going to make this the, uh, uh, like, like we're going to be um, lords of hell and be able to, like, you know, craft um, and um, be able to, like, um, bring about it, bring about our our reign on Earth. Now, it seems like a really weird um, point to um, like to make climax for, for X Factor, which has been, like I said, generally, uh, you know, character driven off to the left side of the Marvel universe. But um, you know, like, hey, it's like this is something that David properly built up and actually had a lot of good twists throughout the course of the series, just throughout the course of the story, which I won't spoil here because they were actually spoiled for me, um, like as as the story was being serialized. But the Hell on Earth War is actually a, a, an appropriately epic climax for the series, and it's pro- and it's properly set up as well. So that's was so that I re- that I really liked. Um, also. Um, 
worth noting is the fact that, the, uh, that a lot of artists worked on this this series. I mean, 112 issues in this, in this age. Yeah, they had, a, they had a little fuck ton of art, artists here. But the best were Pablo um, Raimondi, who um, really um, nailed the, uh, the noir sensibilities for this title and was also great with the character. I mean, all of these artists were great with the character expressions. Um, Valentin um, Delandro, um, who... Who illustrated probably the lion's share of the uh, of X Factor issues? She was great with the um, like she she was great with, with expressions and just making everything everything seem grounded throughout the course of the series. Um, Emanuela Lupacino, who who came on came on board in the latter half, she she had a great um, cartoonish expression expressiveness to her characters, and Leonard Kirk, who um, isn't quite um who who was stylistically similar to Stuart Amonin, but um. But not quite, but still, still manages um, a great retail of energy and um, stylishness to his work. So I think these four artists were fantastic, and um, I, it was great seeing them throughout, throughout the series. Now, like I said, lots of good stuff, but here's the bad stuff. Bad stuff is that, you know, um, they actually had to, uh, uh, that David had to contend with a lot of editorial interference throughout, throughout the course of his run. Like Wolfsbane, um, Rain Sinclair, she, um, she was like uh, she actually she had to um, depart the series after um, after the Messiah Complex because she was going to be part of X Factor, not be- X Force. I mean, and so um, it, see, and and so like you know, David had to, had to do an entire story where he wrote her out of it, and um, eventually he wrote her back. He got um, she left she left the uh, the Force, and um, and David wrote her back in. And also, I had to address a lot of the baggage that um, came with came with her as a res- like as a result. I mean, David is good in the sense that he's Dave, Dave, one of the strengths is that he's good with um, playing with this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you can see like the gears turning in the sense that you know this isn't you know really what he wanted, but you know he's he's making the best of a bad situation here. And um, you know, David also like he managed to avoid. Um, dealing with a lot of X-Men crossovers for the most part. He only had to um, pr- directly participate in a Messiah complex, and um, then eventually had, um, did a, he had to do a tie-in arc for, um, for Second Coming, and then he had to deal with the... Um, oh, um, I, I can't remember what the, um, what the name of the initiative they, they started after, um, after Schism was, but, but, there, but there you go. So... So he had to play. So he had to play ball with that. I mean, with I mean, the post schism um, setup basically had um, Madrox being written out of the leader role, and um, then Havoc and Polaris, who were part of the team back in the mid '90s, being written back in. So Havoc um, took over as leader, and he got some good, um, you know, hey, like um, you know, banter with him and Jamie, uh, you know, matching wits over who was like the real leader of the, of the team. But eventually, like you know, it was kind of like he um. Havoc had to be had to be written out again because he was going to go lead um, the Uncanny Avengers. So you've, so I mean, David is good is good enough that you know, like a lot of the stuff, like you know, will seem you know fairly reasonable as you're reading it. But he um, still had to contend with a lot of you know, like like stuff beyond his control in this in this run. Um, one other thing that that didn't work was um, I mentioned the great artists like. But one person who missed the ball entirely was um, Larry Stroman. Now Stroman um, was the artist of David's from most of David's run back in the '90s, and he had this great, you know, impressionistic, um, exaggerated style that worked. That was 
that, that worked really well for going against the grain of the um, conventional, you know, Jim Lee dominated style of the mid '90s. But um, seeing him, seeing him here, oh God, it fucking hurt my eyes. It was, it was like um, like Strowman was trying to adapt his style to being the more detail oriented, you know, like um, straight up, straightforward superhero styles of the time, and it just not work. Fortunately, it was only in one volume, um, I think volume six, Secret Invasion, and then they, they actually kicked him kicked him to the curb where they got Valentine Delandro to come back as, as a regular artist, thank God. But it was, oh God, it was painful. But um, also, one other thing I didn't like about the series was on the revelation of what Layla Miller's powers actually were. Now, the fact that she was able to, like, you know, come up with these clever, you know, Deus Ex Machina situations, I thought it was that the idea was like, yeah, you know, maybe she can see causality, seeing how she can actually see the butterfly effect. You know, I thought that that was like a cool idea for for mutant power, but that wasn't it. Turns out, you know, she was actually um, given like you know a history lesson by her by her um, future self, and um, she can actually bring back the dead, which is okay. But oh, but when she brings back bring back the dead. They don't have a soul, so okay. I mean, we get to see the results of that um, later in the series, but it's uh, you know it's it's kind of awkward here. So and it's it's to be honest, I think that the idea of a mutant who can see causality. I mean, I'm really I talk about like you know my 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 imposing my thoughts on this on this run. It's like you know I like the idea that um, she that. Um, like the idea of a mutant who can see, like you know, like the butterfly effect is much more interesting than one you know, who has knowledge of the future and can bring back the dead. I mean, David does get some good mileage out of her future knowledge, but um, not enough to make me think that you know my idea was better. So, but hey, you know, you can deal with it. Anyway, also David's sense of humor is largely reliant on lots of pop culture references and um, say, and um, like um, self, and also like um, certain amounts of cleverness as well. So I mean, you're, if you like seeing all that stuff, then it's going. Then you're not going to mind too much. But um, otherwise, it's kind of like you know, if, if you don't like um, like hearing lots of like stuff you've seen and refer to hear, stuff you've heard in advertisements before, then yeah, you're going to have issues with this with this run. I mean, it may seem kind of smug, but I honestly, but um, it doesn't bother me too much. In fact, I kind of get, I like recognizing the whole like you know, get it, got it good. Um, bit from Nike in the '90s being reprised here, but you know if you're you're talking about like you know '90s pop culture ref- references, then yeah, it's it's kind of stale as it is. Anyway, but also um, also then you've got the the whole end of X Factor, which after the Hell and Earth War, we got like six straight issues of epilogue, as um, David basically gives um, each individual issue for like for a lot of an, an issue for. Resolving some of the main like dangling plot threads from like from the series, so I mean you've got um like um Layla um com- coming into contact with um uh, with Jimmy Madrox who who's been turned into a demon. You've got um Rain Sinclair running into um like um Jamie's um like um pastor dupe um John Maddox, and I'm uh, becoming the deacon, which is actually good. Then you've also got um Richter and Shatterstar un- untangling like a decade old. Um, continu- bit of continuity, which was okay. It's like it's basically a, a Robert Heinlein style. You know, my I I am the father of myself, who is um also my father, 
who's also my father as well, typed it. Um, Polaris, um, who what her her whole situation winds up um, um, setting up the next next iteration of X Factor. Um, Darwin and Monet, um, like um, like finding happiness together, such as it is, and Guido uh, um, selling into his role as like as um, ruler of hell, and um, and also a final bit with um, Jamie, Jamie and Layla. Uh, you know, tr- um, Jamie like you know, like still in demon form, but uh, finding a nice convenient Deus Ex Machina in order to turn him back to humanness in the end. So it's ain't some of these are good, particularly the um, Rain Sinclair um, becoming becoming a deacon. Um, but a lot of this stuff does kind of feel rushed. And, you know, it's nice to have, like, you know, proper ending for all these things. But it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of wish things were just, you know, we just had a little bit more room to work with each issue, like, and in the end as well. I mean, overall, take like, I like I've been, I enjoyed it. And also, also worth noting is that even though, like, the, um, Extraction can be delineated into two fifty issue, like um two runs, like you know issues one through fifty, and then issues um two hundred through two hundred twelve, you know, two hundred no, two hundred sixty two. I mean, and um well one through fifty are collected in eight trade trade paperbacks. The um the back half is um is settled into say thirteen, because Marvel decided, oh you know hey Extraction doesn't sell all that well, but we can like gouge even more from its audience, like me, regrettably, by, um, like, like putting them into, like, you know, four-issue trade paperbacks, which is annoying as fuck, I swear. And, um, but fortunately, they're, um, they are reprinting, um, all of, um, David's run, well, so far, at least, as, um, complete collections, you know, uh, collecting, like, you know, two or three trade, trade paperbacks and one-shots at a time. So, overall, it's like, if you're looking, if you're an X fan, who um, you know was looking for something that is like you know much more character driven and off the beaten path than the usual, then yeah, David's run is a lot of fun. Um, other than that, you know it's like it's but it's all it's like I said it's very it, it, David David's work isn't like you know kind of like you know like the over like the really like thoroughly planned um, Jonathan Hickman stuff where you know like you've got a definite beginning, middle, and end for it. You've got um, David's is kind of like you know, hey, like he's just going to he's much more traditional. Like, hey, I'm just going to keep writing stuff up until they tell me like I got to stop. So it's very um, like freeform, like like I'm just having like like an issue an arc at a time. Like I'm not, I don't have like a definite plan for it. I'm just going to keep going, keep going as like like as long as I want and like for all these characters, like to say all I want about these characters, and it's it's fun on those terms. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't lead up to anything like you know, definitive or shocking or like you know, epoch changing. But it's good fun, and overall, it's like I enjoyed it. Like John, it's like any uh, you know, particular thoughts on that? Like, you know, David's um, rambling um, run here. No, it seems to be an an interesting run. How long did he work on it? Uh the I said the like um. If you don't count the Ma- the uh, Madrox multiple choice miniseries, then he then he, his um his whole run on X Factor here was 112 issues. Oh, so wow. we're we're talking about like in this, um he like um Marvel like um even though like the series like never sold gangbusters, it did have a very dedicated audience, which allowed Marvel to double and even triple ship issues um in a in a given month. So they managed to get um like 
much more issues than they would in like an eight-year span. So. No, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, just uh, I know he's done some other things as well. Um, you know, other comics besides this one. Oh yeah, it's like he's he's incredibly prolific, and even though he had a stroke towards the end of his, his X Factor run, that he was so far ahead that it did it did not slow him down at all. Mm-hmm. He the man the man is a fucking he's a fucking <laughs> Iron Man. So there you go. <laughs> he's a real life Iron Man, folks. <laughs> all right, well, cool. Um, you know what you're gonna talk about next time? Oh. Dan, if I know at this point, I'll figure something out, but but it's not coming to me right now. All right. Well, you'll just have to pull it out of your magic hat yes. or bag of tricks or whatever. All right. Well, until next time, we'll talk to you next uh, later and comment picks by the Glick. All right. Later, everyone. Bye.